Shepherd's Voice with Archbishop George J. Lucas. Archbishop Lucas, good to be with you again. Thank you. It's good to be with you as well. You've been on the road a little bit recently, or in the air. On the road, in the air. <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles. So, we, and we, we talked about this in the, the Catholic Voice. You had a Q&A we did on the Ad Limina visit, the recent visit to be with the Holy Father in Rome and with some of your brother bishops. And you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about that and just kind of unpack that experience. Because when we published that Q&A, you hadn't gone yet. And we published it the week that you were gone. Uh, so now that you've been able to go through that experience, so you wanted to share more. So let's, let's start with there. Okay, good. Thanks. We, I um, was able to answer those questions before going because uh, I could base it on previous experiences, two previous Adlamina visits, and, and then also on the itinerary that, that, that we already had. But it's much more fun to talk about what actually happened yeah. afterwards, so I'm glad to, to share the experience of what was really a very beautiful and positive pilgrimage experience for me in January. Wonderful. So you, as you explained in that column, ad limina means to the threshold, or to the threshold of the apostles. And so that it really is a pilgrimage. It's not just a meeting, correct? Right. And it's a, a long-standing custom in the church for bishops from, from around the world to go occasionally, the Pope sets the schedule, but to go occasionally every six or seven years to have a face-to-face meeting with the Holy Father, but also to visit the, the tombs of the places of the martyrdom of Peter and Paul, Saints Peter and Paul, and then visit other basilicas in, in Rome. Uh, there were 15 bishops from our region, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri, who all met up in, in Rome and uh, stayed at the North American College where we have a couple of seminarians from Omaha, and there are three there from Lincoln. So as kind of a side benefit was the opportunity to, to meet with them. But as you can imagine, the highlight of the, of the visit was meeting face-to-face with, with Pope Francis. He's very much like people understand him to be from seeing film clips or, or seeing his picture. He's very uh, down-to-earth and very warm and, and, and welcoming. We met with him for an extended time, I mean, I think a long time, you know, in, in terms of getting on the Pope's schedule, so it was over two and a half hours. He began the meeting by stressing that he wanted the visit to be spontaneous he wasn't looking for formal presentations from us, nor was he going to give one to us. But as a brother bishop, he, he wanted just to hear about our experiences as diocesan bishops and then respond to any questions that, that, that we might have. So the time went by very quickly. He spoke to us in Italian. There was an interpreter who worked very hard for those two and a half hours. He was, he was talking all the time, either to the Holy Father or to us. But it was very effective at it, and so the, it wasn't, the, the conversation wasn't stilted, even though there had to, had to be interpreter. And so he was very open to addressing questions on complicated issues and giving some reflection on his own life and ministry and his, his own life of prayer and how he keeps his faith and, and joy in, in the Lord in the midst of very serious responsibilities. I was amazed at his energy. He's 83 years old, and he, I felt like I was worn out after the, after the meeting. I was just sitting there for most of it, listening, taking it all in. The Holy Father was, was still very, very much filled with, with energy and, and joy at, uh, at the end of it. As you said before, that, that it's a privileged time for you as brother, as brother bishops and also as you respond to the invitation of the Holy Father as your superior. Uh, that's a privileged time. Those conversations aren't 
for public dissemination for the most part, but is there anything from that you can you can share that was a, I don't know, a, a word that, that you could bring back for the people here at, that, are, that are listening now and, and that might read later? Yeah, the word would be encouragement, I, I think. I uh, came away very, very encouraged in the breadth of knowledge and experience of, of the Holy Father. Already I knew that. But to just uh, have, a t- have a taste of it myself and an experience of, of it personally. Very confident in offering our, our, our priests and people the, the encouragement to, to really pay attention to, to the Pope and to, to what he says. We know in our faith that we should do that anyway, but the, the office is held by a person, and some of the popes appealed because of personality and because of style to, more to, to some people than, than others. We're very blessed to have Francis as, as our pope. That's one of my takeaways. We are asked not to discuss in detail the conversations. It makes it more possible for the, both the Holy Father and the bishops to, to speak frankly to one another. I think it's, it's already been uh, reported, and, and not surprisingly, the, the one, uh, we just, uh, discussed issues affecting human life and dignity. And, and he gave a great deal of encouragement to, to us bishops to, to keep up the good work that we're trying to do here in the, in the United States to hold up the importance of respecting the dignity of each human person with a special emphasis on the, the life of the unborn who have the, the least ability to, to speak for or, or to uh, defend themselves. He just uh, encouraged us to, to be in solidarity with our priests and, and to encourage and accompany them in what can be a difficult time for priests in, in our country and really throughout the church at at, at this time, I think we were able to share. I certainly was my, my own uh, appreciation for for the priests that with whom I work, and my confidence in 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 them and and their desire to to be faithful to the Lord and and generous in in serving our our, our people. A meeting like this wouldn't be the time for the Pope to make a new pronouncement, or I suppose if he wanted to give us new marching orders, he could. But all in all, his desire clearly was to encourage us and, and to help us all to realize that we're in this work together that the Lord has called us to do in, in the apostolic ministry. And he very much wants to, to be a, a brother and a, and a father to us. It sounds like it was, a, as, as you had expressed that hope, a, a time of a, a renewal or re- rejuvenation a little bit of, for your own Episcopal ministry here. And... You mentioned the, uh, respect for life was was one of the themes of the conversation. I know that shortly after you returned stateside, then you accompanied some of our young people, a lot of our young people, to the March for Life again this year. So it's an interesting kind of a maybe bookends. How did that? You know, how did those connected? Did that have a? Was it different this year? I mean, you've gone a lot of times to the March for Life. Was there a difference this year at all? I've I've gone many years to, to the March for Life. There there were a number of differences. But my own perspective was different, having received this very uh, direct and specific encouragement from from the Pope to to remain steadfast in in the the pro life issues, but particularly in terms of the lives of the un, of the unborn. We, we had a great turnout from Nebraska. You know, our uh, people from this state travel a long distance to get to Washington uh, by bus, most of them, and so we had hundreds from from the Archdiocese of Omaha, hundreds from the Diocese of Lincoln. I had the chance to spend time with both groups before the march, either to celebrate Mass or to have some time to pray and, and be with them. Also had, was able to celebrate Mass with some college students from Creighton University and from UNO. 
along with other people who were part of part of that uh, group, and then joined uh, as many as we could gather out of the crowd to, to walk together in, in the march uh, for life in, in Washington on a day which really has become a, a gathering of, of young people from around the country as, as much as anything else. That's, that's, of course, very, very encouraging. But one of the things that I was able to do was to tell all of the, the, the Nebraskans that, that I visited with that the Holy Father you know, was, had offered really encouragement to, to the bishops to, to stay focused on these issues, and that I wanted to share that encouragement with them. I tried to do my part as a pastor and, and bishop, but really we, in terms of influence, uh, influencing law and policy, but also in, in terms of changing the, the tone of our, of our culture to, to more uh, of a civilization of love and, and of respect for, for all people, that's something that we all have to participate in. So you saw, did you see, I mean, since there's so many young people and you had the opportunity to be with them, what kind of resolutions did you see from them? Or, or you mentioned that phrase, building a civilization of love. How do you see that taking shape with like in the examples of the people on college campuses or the, the high school students, you know, that obviously that's encouraging to any of us who, who care about the, you know, the way our, our culture goes, but in what way are they, are they taking up that mantle? I mean, going to the March for Life. So it's a big investment of time and energy to, to participate in in the March for Life. What I hear from those who I call former young people, so those who are now adults who who had participated in, in the march in years past, that it, it was an important moment for, for them, many say, in solidifying their own understanding of the dignity of, of every human person and of solidifying a commitment to, to work for increased respect for, for life within our uh, culture, you, you know, I as I was speaking with with one of the group, one of the groups, primarily of high school students, just to, I encouraged them to to think, you know, that, that there are people close to them who are wrestling with with the issue, especially about the life of the unborn. Maybe it's someone who has an unplanned pregnancy, maybe somebody who's already had, who's, who has already chosen an abortion, or or who knows somebody in their family who has and really suffers from the, from the fallout of, of that. We're, we're called, really, by the Lord to love one another and, and to be ready to be patient with and accompany our, our neighbor. I think it's important for all of us to know that there's somebody close to us, perhaps, that, that may be hurting because of, of this issue, or afraid because of a, being in a situation that, that can, by its nature, be isolating and shame isolates us further. So th- there are opportunities then already for, for young people to be able to have, have an influence right, very close to home, very close to themselves, perhaps in their circle of friends or, or in their families. So we hope that they'll become more influential and leaders in society and, and in the culture as they, as they get older and, and mature. But already uh, the, the Lord is looking to use them as instruments to to, to help uh, deepen a respect for human life and, and to enrich this civilization of love, which is God's desire for us in the human family. Absolutely. Yeah, it is, it is very encouraging. Is there, I imagine as, as, you, as you're reflecting on both of these, you know, both of these occasions, the, the time with the Pope and, and, and stepping back and looking at the, the scope of the responsibilities you all share as bishops and, and as heirs to the apostles, as you look at the needs of the local church, and then to be with the young people uh, specifically, and the and the formerly young people, as you said, was there any conversation? Was there an opportunity to reflect on that together about the much 
a much discussed exodus of young people from the church. It, you know, there's a sort of a counter trend, I think. But it, was that did that come up, or has that been something that's been been percolating out of those those experiences for you? During our time with the Holy Father, it was a topic that came up the the challenge of sharing the light of the gospel with young people in our families and communities and engaging them in, in, in the life of the church. He was very quick to point out just what you alluded to that that here in the United States there are a number of occasions where, where we see that young people are taking up the, the invitation of the Lord and, and the responsibilities of, of the gospel, and taking that very seriously. In events like the March for Life are evidence of that, but also in, on college campuses, in, in families, young, young couples you know, who respond to the, the Lord's invitation to, to the vocation of marriage and who are open to, to uh, having children and raising them in the faith. We see that, and again, the Pope pointed that out to us. There's a lot of that that we see in the United States, even though we know that overall numbers might be might be declining. We're encouraged to to see that the the gospel is not obsolete. That that when young people, young adults, have the opportunity to to encounter the Lord and and to really uh, taste the the richness of, of Catholic life and 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 teaching and and tradition, that it it still has great great appeal and great meaning. Wonderful. That is definitely a word of encouragement to highlight that that theme again. To be encouraged that we're we're not left alone. Uh, yeah. So thank you for for bringing bringing the Holy Father's message to us and and for taking us with you, so to speak. Yeah, that was my my hope. Again, I, in the little greeting that I was able to give him, give to him personally as, as we were introduced, I just told him that I, I brought the good wishes and the prayers of of the people of, of Nebraska, and we we were all grateful. Remain grateful for his his leadership and his his ministry. In, in the church, and so I'm happy to bring back from from him a word of of, of encouragement. He continues to in, encourage us to look outward, you know, in, in, in the church, and then to to think of the, of the mission that we all have in in Jesus Christ as as members of the church. And I appreciate that from him very much. It's nothing new; it goes back to Jesus Himself. But it's it's a, a, a fresh challenge for us now. For for a bishop. Um, pastor of a big parish or even a small parish there's the there are, there are the demands of every day and kind of the things that that just sort of present themselves that, that you have to have to deal with and it's important that we do deal with those things but it's also important that we continue to look outward and and remember the, the that we've been sent by the lord into the world in some way each of us no matter who we are and that's not just pastors but all the baptized pope francis is he's a great example of that himself and it continues to remind us of that uh, part of our nature as, as members of the body of Christ. Archbishop, thank you for, for sharing these, these reflections with us and sharing that experience. We'll continue to, to pray for one another. If you're listening to this, this is, a, this is for you as well. You as a member of the baptized, this is our, our opportunity to be reminded, to be refreshed, to be encouraged, to, to embrace the, what the Lord has for us and to, and to respond with generosity and openness. Yes, I, I say amen to that. I, it was great to have these two trips recently to, to Rome and to Washington for, for the march. Uh, for life, but it's great to be home and great to sort of settle down into into what you just said, be, being focused on the, the mission of the Lord that he shares with us in, in the church and invites our, us to participate in. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast.